0: we are, and welcome to the first Carrier's Edge podcast.
1: Oh my God, where Mark does his announcer voice. and annoys me. Already
0: Jane is rolling her eyes at me. What is that, six seconds in well to the done. first one? Yes. yes.
1: See if you can talk that. This is back. what we have
0: to look forward to. <laughs> so I'm uh, Mark Morrell, co-founder of Carrier's Edge.
1: And I'm Jane Jazrawi. I'm the other co-founder of Carrier's Edge.
0: And the person who corrects me.
1: That is correct.
0: So unless
1: you're correct, and then I will just say you're correct.
0: Then you'll remind everybody that you said it first.
1: But I did. I (laughs) always do.
0: So what are we going to talk about on this podcast?
1: You said you were going to tell me. (laughs) So I'm not supposed to know until like right now.
0: Well, you had this idea for the podcast in the beginning. So what was it you wanted to cover? What What were your thoughts on what you wanted to cover when we started this idea at the beginning of the summer?
1: See, I have ideas and then they go away and then I have other ideas and then they go away. And what I do is I tell you the ideas and then you're supposed to remember them. Kind of like best fleets. Uh, I I told you the idea and then you have to go
0: off and do something with it. Yeah. Okay. I've had at
1: least four or five ideas since then.
0: Well, here are the things that I remember.
1: Okay, good. (laughs) Uh,
0: I remember the idea that we will talk about on this podcast. We'll talk about what's happening in the world of Carrier's Edge. We'll talk about what's new, sort of on product stuff, anything that's uh, that's happening that, that we're working on, upcoming things. Uh, we'll also talk about the process a little bit. You had some good ideas to get some guests in there. We're going to yes. get some other people joining us. So we've got some of our staff uh, on the uh, on the support side. They're going to talk about the support role. We have conscripted uh, some other people from our broader network to participate. So we're going to have our voiceover people come and talk about that. We want to have our translation guy tell us about the uh, job of translation and what's involved in doing all of that work uh what else have we got oh you've got uh, um, you've got a marketing or a PR person who's going to talk about the PR role mm-hmm. and how that fits in with what we do and uh, got some other associations some other partners that are going to talk about some of the things they're doing so, so all, all of the this, things
1: around trucking that isn't actually getting in a truck and driving yeah
0: that have nothing to do with driving except we'll end up talking about that as well I'm sure uh, because there's going to be something that uh, crosses our mind that we decide to go off on a tangent about. <laughs> so for the first... Because
1: uh, that never happens. No, no never, never. No, no, never happens.
0: For the first edition, I have thought of very few things. I thought we would just sort of uh, yammer on for a little bit, uh, which tends to be the most uh, interesting things that come up. Because usually at the end of that yammering on about stuff, we say... Oh, we should have recorded that. That would have been great.
1: Yeah, but usually that happens in the bathroom or something like that.
0: Yeah, or sitting outside at the yeah, pool. Yeah,
1: where we don't have microphones. Hopefully yeah. we'll be interesting now.
0: We need a reality crew to follow us around and film everything.
1: And a big bottle of wine. <laughs> not, for the, no... not for the crew,
0: just for us. Yeah, just for us, yes. yes.
1: Just to get it, get it going.
0: So, what are we going to do today? Well, it is the end of summer 2016. We've had a very busy summer. So... I was thinking that we would talk a little bit about some of that and what's been going on and what we see coming uh, down the road for the future. So Jane, what have you been working on?
1: <laughs> Vehicle inspections. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, that's what I've been working on. So it started off as uh, an inspections cor- an inspection course for the U.S. because the U.S. has different regulations than Ontario and the rest of Canada. And then it kind of became a oh, I should probably do this for Canada, too. So I added the Canadian version at the end. And then after that, we realized that we should probably have it for Straight Truck, too. So I've added some of that. So it's this behemoth Now, the way Jane is...
0: explains that sounds a whole lot more calm than what actually happened. Because uh, <laughs> we knew we had to do an inspection course for the U.S., Uh, we're working on that and and then we got talking about it and we're thinking, well, a lot of this kind of applies in Canada and it's stuff that we haven't really covered in the existing course, which was based on particular regulations and the, uh, practical vehicle inspection handbook. So there's stuff that sort of goes beyond that. And we thought, well, that could kind of work. And so I said, well, why don't we do a uh, course for the Canadian audience as well? And I got glared at much as I am now, um, and uh, then eventually Jane kind of got worn down and was like, yeah, you're right. We should be doing it for Canada as well, which of course increases her scope and workload. Uh, and then um, nearing completion, even though we had talked about it early on, nearing completion, I said, well, will this work for straight truck as well? Uh, that's a yelling. So <laughs> I got yelled that for a good half hour. Uh, but yes, it should work for straight truck as well. So we needed to do stuff there. Uh, so yes, what we'll be... Uh, launching and may actually be out by the time this podcast gets released yep. is uh, new vehicle inspection courses for Canada and the U.S. for tractor trailer and straight truck, full length courses and mini courses as well. So what's and, that going to end up being? About a dozen titles, sixteen titles somewhere yes, in there.
1: Yes, yeah. So it ends up when I or when we create a course at Carrier's Edge, we uh, tend to do a big, huge block of content and then we chop it up into little bits so that uh, our Customers can take the bits that they want, and I just want to say that um, I wouldn't have been able to do this course at all without the help of uh, Transpro. Transpro is one of our best fleets, and Mike from Transpro, what's his last name? Frolic!
0: (laughs) Hear that, Mike? Jane has forgotten you already.
1: Oh, I'm horrible with names. I'm horrible yes. with names.
0: Transpro Freight Systems based on Milton, Ontario. A uh, great customer of ours and uh, multi-year oh, winner so on helpful. Best Fleets to Drive for program. Been very helpful. Mike Frolic in particular. Uh, hugely helpful. Um, being a guinea pig for photo shoots. Not just for that course. They uh, they did photos on the border crossing. CT Pat yeah, stuff for as well. Yeah, the CT
1: Pat stuff as well. So they've been well. a huge
0: help. So yes, uh, big shout out to uh, Transpro Freight Systems.
1: And Mike is a character in the course, so yeah, so Mike ends up he being has a character. done all the all the uh, poses for the, but it also taught me immense amounts of about engines and what things are in the engines because I mean, when I mean, we are not truck well, we're getting to be trucking experts. but when we first came into this industry, we didn't know really much about trucking, but in the process of writing a course, it's a learning experience for me too. So as I'm writing it, I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to position all this information for people, but I'm learning it as well at the same time, and this has been going on for my entire career, is that I basically learn the things I'm trying to teach at the same time. So Mike taught me about, you know, what the steering system looks like when you open the hood and what, um, you know, the air duct and all of that stuff looks like, how to, um check the stroke of, or the push rod stroke and your air brakes at each of the tires and do all that stuff. And I kind of knew that in sort of a high level, but I didn't know that in terms of how to actually go and physically do it. So I, we went out and it was, must've been 35 degrees Celsius when we did it. So we ended up sitting under the truck for a while.
0: That's about a hundred degrees Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah, it was brutally hot. So hot. We we're trying to do this inspection, and i I don't think that Mike looks like he's sweating and about to keel over in the pictures. I think we've been a little careful about that. You but didn't it use those was shots. It was hot, yeah. so we're you know we're doing all of these inspections and and uh, it took it took a while because you know he's not only inspect he's showing me how to do the inspection, but he's kind of explaining the stuff at the same time. So we were there for um, pretty much all day.
0: Well, and it wasn't just that. I think we should point out that this isn't a Transpro inspection course. This is a broader vehicle inspection course, and that was kind of later on in the process. Your process starts, since you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, let's talk a little bit about that process of creating courses and what it goes through, because you spend weeks basically going through every bit of material you could find related to vehicle inspection. So it pretty much every vehicle inspection video that's on YouTube, all of the regulations, handbooks, reference guides, any bit of material that's out there. And part of the challenge with this is we found that it is absolutely insane how inconsistent everything is. Oh, yeah. There's tons of videos that contradict each other and they're all from guys that have been doing it for twenty years and swear that this is how it goes, but yet they miss something basic when they're doing the inspection. So
1: you get enough videos. Or you watch enough videos and eventually get all the pieces. you got to
0: piece all of these things together. And that's something that uh, Jane doesn't talk a lot about, but it's something that I get to see watching her go through that process, is that a lot of it is taking little bits from all over the with the web, all over the industry, whether it's stuff from handbooks. Even if it's a handbook that's uh, pretty good, there's always going to be stuff that's not in there. Um, taking best practices that we've pulled from the best the Best Fleets program all kinds of different things that get compiled to come up with the raw mountain of content that she starts with. And then it's about sifting through that to put it into some logical order that people can make sense out of, because that's the other thing that is invariably missing in all of these uh, videos and handbooks is any sense of context or logical order from a driver's point of view. So it's not just about compiling all the information and figuring out what the right and wrong way of doing something is, it's also about organizing that in a way that's going to be logical and make sense for people and is going to be meaningful to the driver so they can remember it and make it part of their process and part of their day-to-day activities. So that's been, uh, it's always a challenge and the regulatory stuff tends to be a little easier because at least you've got a black and white set of regulations. But the things that are uh, incorporating best practices and aren't necessarily spelled out very clearly in regulations are way harder because you've got to compile hardest, a lot of that
1: the hardest part was um is when you do the walk around you kind of you start from the engine and there's different pe- different people start on the right different people start on the left doesn't really matter as long as you get all the sections so but checking push rod stroke like actually measuring it that seems to be a relatively new thing and checking push rod stroke in Ontario, for sure, has been around for a while because having your brakes out of alignment, well, that has been an an issue the whole time. But in Ontario, they really made a big push on how how to measure it properly and how to figure it out. So when we did the practical vehicle inspections course, I knew that. But what I didn't know was when you actually measure it. So something I'm thinking, that isn't covered
0: in any of these. Nobody other videos says or courses. it.
1: Nobody like yeah. I could not find it online is when do you actually do it? Mm-hmm. And when do you check your lights? Mm-hmm. So you start off with your lights are not on, but when do you check your lights? And I figured, because I was trying to think about it logically, well, when would I do it? So I would do it all at the end. So I would either, you know, turn on my lights, put on my apply my or Do all the measurement of the brakes that aren't applied or released and then go around and measure it when they're all applied so that you would do it at the end because you've done everything else but nobody says this so this is one of the things that i try to do is find all of these unspoken things that people just don't even bother to write down because well if you've gone through driver training of some sort then it will be kind of covered and it's uh that's that's part of the collection so i start off with sort of basic structure where i kind of know what i want to talk about and that kind of thing so i go through and write out kind of a skeleton like how am i going to approach this how am i going to start so i'm going to start with the vehicle inspection report or the dvir and then i'm going to do these parts and then i'm going to do this part and And after that, I just start trying to fill in the blanks. And that ends up being a, you know, should I put this in this order or should I go in this order? And then I just yak to Mark about all of these things that I'm learning and that he probably doesn't really want to listen to. But that's uh, one of the benefits of having you around is that I can use you as a sounding board when I'm learning what an engine is.
0: And I always say the same thing is, so what's the story here? Where are your characters and what are they doing?
1: Yeah, well, the characters can't do anything until I figured out what the thing is mm-hmm. so they that kind of comes in last so when I've started writing it up and I and then I then I do the images so I I have this written out storyboard and then I and then we sort of stick in the pictures and that's where Mike at Transpro is really helpful because I need to take photographs there are no really good yeah. photographs or you're not there. getting stock photography no. of uh,
0: the inside of an engine
1: or of an inspection. Or the like, underside
0: you know. of uh, yeah, the, uh, the trailer or anything like that. You've got to take those pictures yourself.
1: Yeah. And it's difficult to, you know, do we get things that are bad and things that are good? Or do we just show the good things? Like it, There's just so many decisions to be made. And then once we get that done, then it can go up for audio. Mm-hmm. Which is what... Well, um, there's a few
0: steps in, in there. Because after you've figured out your structure, putting your pieces... You've listened to me whine about character and story and things oh, like that. that. So you in. throw some some character around it to make it sort of real. A story. Yeah, make it into a, a tale of a driver and what he or she is doing. Um, build it online. I mean, you're sort of skipping over the complicated part of actually building the online parts. Oh, that could be all a the interactivity. hour talk. Yeah, uh, and we'll cover that in a later session for sure. Um, but then the uh, once it's all pieced together. Then we send it out for voice. Although we usually try and get some reviews first before it goes to voice. Get some people to look at it because you do not want to be changing content after the voiceover has been recorded. So you try can, and get that but done. it's really annoying. It's expensive and yeah. time consuming. So you get all that done and then uh, then it goes to voice. But that's where we're at with vehicle inspection. Well,
1: right now we're, we're putting in the audio. So yeah, I have you created the little intro music. Mark does my intro music. Mm -hmm. Um, because he has a background in music and he was a drummer for many, many years.
0: That's not helping my brand for people to know that.
1: I think it does. I think I. I don't know. I thought I like drummers.
0: Well, drummers are some people do. Most people make fun of them.
1: (laughs) And unfortunately, you're in that category too. So yeah. Um, but he also has a little setup. In our basement where he uh
0: not a little setup, the fantastically it is appointed Markland recording studios.
1: We are sitting in Markland recording studios right now yes. in our basement.
0: Temperature controlled, soundproofed, <laughs> fantastic. Markland recording.
1: Yes. Hey, it works. I mean, we can do recording down here. So we've done our best fleet seminars or webinars down here.
0: We do our French voiceover down here. French. Yeah. Yes. The studio oh, and was originally. Our, our, um, the Punjabi other did Punjabi? something. Yeah. But the studio was originally created uh, mostly so that I could uh, get decent recordings of my drums, but I hardly ever actually record uh, my drums anymore.
1: And every time you do, you're so sad. Yes.
0: And then I listen back to it and I end up just disappointed and frustrated. So um, yes, then I'm grumpy for the next day or two after hearing all of the, all of the crappiness because it never so fails, so much crappiness. It never fails to disappoint me when I listen to my own playing. But that's how it goes. And as every perfectionist can attest, there's there's no such thing as good. Uh, yeah. There's just there's, there's just, stuff uh,
1: that's acceptable and yeah. then well, not best, to be looked at again yeah, because at, next at time you look. At best, it's
0: acceptable. Uh, it, you know, it ranges from barely passable and acceptable, so okay, other people can see it. To oh my god, it's awful. It must never be uh, shown or seen or heard, yeah. uh, can never see the light of day. So yes, that is how it goes. That is the nature of being a perfectionist. Um, Jane is absolutely a perfectionist when it comes to her courses for sure. So the way that things are laid out, the way they're organized, the pictures, the, uh, the writing, the, uh, the language, even the, the sort of the choice of the, uh, the speaking voice that gets used, uh, very, uh, very focused on all of that and anything less than, uh, a, an a plus uh, she's not gonna allow out i on the other hand are not so much of a perfectionist when it comes to the courses
1: yeah because it's my stuff so you don't care like you're like well, oh this is good enough let's get it out actually i wanted to mention that i am thinking of using a female voice for the wellness courses uh or at least a couple of the modules
0: how was that germane to what we're talking about
1: oh did we have to have does everything have to be germane to what we're talking about? Well,
0: you want to have some sort of logical organization of subjects oh so that you can God. put bookmarks on the thing. No. Oh, it's just going to be some random bit of whatever things. That was my head.
1: initial thought. That was my that, initial That you remember. <laughs> or I am remembering it now as that because it suits my purpose, which which is another So apparently
0: we're done talking about vehicle inspection and the course development process. We've now moved on to selection of voiceover artists for the future.
1: I just was thinking, let's get some variety.
0: We have variety.
1: We have Craig.
0: We have Craig. We have Mike. We have John. We have Roger.
1: Yeah. I would like to... We're trying to
0: get rid of all of those other ones except Craig because he's awesome.
1: But yeah, but I'm thinking of... Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, I have... There are problems with that, so I have to.
0: You don't want to have Amy do it.
1: No, it's just that there are. He Craig has recorded one of the, the fatigue modules. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's all or nothing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is something that is uh, an ongoing challenge in the world of voiceover is access to different talent. If you have one person uh, record one session, and I record one course, that's great. Uh, but uh, you're tied to that person for the lifespan of that course because if you change one page in that course, you can't go to a different voiceover artist and have them do that one page. You have to keep going back to the same person.
1: But it's, um, I don't think that would be, I think most people who do voiceover, they're kind of doing a, a movie or a TV show or a commercial or something like that that has a particular lifespan and then it's gone. Like even regular courses for non-trucking industries so they tend to be one-off yeah it's just you know oh we need an introduction to this new system that we're implementing so that's going to have a shelf life of about two years and if it gets updated then it'll be completely updated it'll be gutted and redone but in trucking or what we find is that the courses don't work that way they have their own sort of life and they change and they morph and depending on the regulations and depending on what people are doing in the industry. So hours of service has had four or five different versions depending on, in the you last know, couple of years. Well, that's just, yeah. So Canada has been pretty stable, but yeah. the U S versions and the cross border versions are all, all up in the air. So we have to change pages and then we have, and you want to get someone whose voice is consistent so that they can drop in you know, four paragraphs and you can stick that in and it's not going to, it's not going to be noticeable to people. And Craig is really, really good for that. And that's why we use them all the time. So it's, uh, and even with wellness, I'm going to have to cut in certain things for, and to mix up the U S and Canadian versions, which is going to be a pain in the butt too. Yay!
0: But Craig will match that if you yeah. give him the uh, yeah. the source material. To and match it.
1: the other thing is pronunciations. Like, I'm constantly having to write pronunciations in the audio scripts, so like mm. what C-T-P-A-T is. Mm. Don't pronounce it yeah. C-T-P-A-T.
0: Yeah, it's, or, or Wimis is not W-H-M-I-S. Yeah, because yeah. when
1: you don't give them the pronunciations, you get some really interesting.
0: Or then uh, they get uh, creative and decide that H-O-S is a word, so that's it's just hot. Hot. <laughs> Sometimes you spell it out and sometimes you say it as a, as a word, but yeah. 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 So there's the joys of, uh, working with voiceover people, but certainly that's another reason why you want to find somebody and stick with them. And, uh, we've been using Craig for a couple of years and he's fantastic. He's Do you know out. I've
1: never spoken to him in person? I think I told you.
0: You mean you've never spoken to him in person? You never,
1: we have never talked on the phone.
0: Oh, all email. ever. We I've have... talked to him on the phone.
1: We have only ever talked in email. And I hear his voice. I don't know if he's ever heard my voice. So maybe <laughs> we'll send him this podcast and say, "This is what Jane sounds like."
0: I don't think it's, he's gonna care. But hey,
1: we have we have quite the relationship now. Yeah, like we're you know we're like
0: buds. But I know, it's we've funny, been doing
1: it for four years. When
0: you talk to a voiceover person on the phone, you still think that they're broadcasting. Especially somebody like Craig, who's got a background in radio, and he always sounds like he's on the air. So even when he's just talking to you on the phone, you know, discussing a project or negotiating prices or whatever you sound like, it, it sounds like he sounds to, like the, he's still got that radio voice. Cause that's his natural voice. Yeah. So I'm very uh, jealous. People are I always said, like that. They're so weird.
1: I sound like Minnie Mouse. So I would really like to have a sexy, deeper voice.
0: We well, should have kept smoking. Yeah. You'd be dead now, but yeah, have a deep voice. But I'd have
1: a deep voice. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay, so that's vehicle inspection and the general course development process and voiceover and maybe some things happening on our wellness courses. So when are we expecting the vehicle inspection to be done? What do you think?
1: I'd say the next couple of weeks. So
0: Early September? Early
1: September, yeah.
0: Okay. So that'll be coming and updated wellness stuff uh, coming as, as well. Well, shortly for the after
1: U.S., that. Canada yeah. will just have voice updated. It's fine. not going to change. Yeah. Um, But for...
0: The U.S. wellness In the US, new
1: courses—they're going to get illness and injury, and, uh, diet, and diet and exercise. Excellent. I think I would touch like half our courses every year.
0: Yeah, it would be rare for a course to go more than two years without an update. Yeah. Um, but on the positive side, they're fresh, and so we don't have people saying the courses look stale or anything like that. We are updating them, and they're getting tweaks, and they're getting reviewed, and things like that.
1: Well, plus we had to make them all work on mobile properly. Yeah.
0: So that was a big deal. The mobile effort, uh, getting things to work nicely on a mobile app uh, is certainly tricky, but uh, it looks like we're mostly there.
1: And one of the things that we have a definite advantage over um, other e-learning providers, and this is outside the industry and inside, is the reliance on Flash. I'm really Mm. glad that we have...
0: Oh, we could do a whole podcast just railing about the awfulness of Flash and off-the-shelf course development tools how terrible they are
1: but it, uh, it was easier for us to take all the flash out
0: yeah we hardly had any in there
1: well i wouldn't say hardly we had we had a bit of it but they're not built in flash yeah. the whole course was not built in flash and for people who don't know what flash is it's an it's an authoring tool which makes it basically, I think everybody has
0: been forced to learn about flash uh, basically lets you of, animate yeah
1: but it's when everybody decides to do their entire website in Flash and have yeah. all of those oh. buttons work. Oh.
0: Ten years <laughs> ago, yeah. That was horrible. Yeah, the whole Flash it's, website.
1: Flash need, Well, I'm very happy that die. Steve Jobs said no yes. Flash in, in the iPod, oh, iPad yes. world.
0: Yeah. Yes, thank yes. you, Steve, for that. Yes, Because uh, it, it was it And I remember
1: when he said that, we were thinking, oh, my God. Yeah. Is that what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, what's going to happen to all these authoring tools that are entirely Flash-based? Yeah. Well, it has worked out better for sure. I mean, it pushed HTML5 to come up to speed and to um, get adopted more widely, which allows people to do the same kind of interaction, the same sort of animation and multimedia stuff, but without plugins and things. So it works way better. Yeah, And And it's cleaner
1: and faster.
0: Cleaner and faster. And more people have just moved to mobile first. You would develop dedicated stuff for mobile devices do dedicated apps and then you've got all of those functions there as well so um yeah the world is certainly in a better place with technology now than it was five or ten years ago it's so much nicer now
1: speaking of which do you remember in best fleets like four or five years ago when we were scoring them on whether they provided laptops to their people
0: uh we asked them yeah if they provided any sort of technology and there was a few that did
1: did we score them on it
0: Uh, it was in the efficiency question about what do you do, what technology to help improve efficiency. And that was one of the things that we looked for that would get people points. And there was people that were doing it.
1: I know, but it wasn't very widespread. No. And then all of a sudden, Grand Island talked about giving all their people uh, tablets. That was three years ago.
0: Um, Grand Island Express, DJ Noel was doing it. Um, and a couple of others, steelman transportation. I think that was the first year there was one, uh, grand Island doing tablets, DJ Noel, uh, that was providing iPhones, iPhones iPhone fives, which were brand new at the time. And steelman Better transportation was providing laptops because they're all owner ops. And they said, if you don't have a laptop, we're going to give you one. Cause you can't be an owner op without having something to manage your business. They provided, ta- um, laptops for everybody. And it uh, it worked out beautifully. And then it sort of, everyone started shifting to tablets and, or recognizing that everybody's got smartphones and devices of their own anyway. So don't provide them the device, just provide them good apps. So Mm -hmm. we're seeing now tons of people doing their own apps and stuff. Uh, Lots of fleets that have got their own, and not big fleets either, the smaller fleets that have got dedicated apps for stuff. So it is a nice trend and it makes a lot more sense. And I tell you from our point of view, before the world moved mobile, um, most in trucking meant the onboard uh, satellite systems. So it meant the OmniTracks or people oh, yeah. or uh, those kind of devices. And man, trying to get uh, courses running on those is tricky because they're all based on some older version of Windows, uh, but they got tons of security restraints on them, all kinds of issues. So it was a, a real headache trying to get those things to run. We did manage to get it working. We got them running and um, they're slow, but Technically functional, so it's not a terrible experience. I've gone through courses on those devices, and it's not terrible. But now that everyone's moved to mobile, oh, it's so much better. Now we have a mobile app. Yeah, the dedicated mobile app is so much nicer than trying to do it on the satellite. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you get notifications. You can have notifications wherever you are. So, uh, I'm much happier with that. And I think that'll certainly be our direction going forward: is a really downplay the support for satellites and stuff, and just focus on mobile because. Everyone's moving that way. Drivers are taking those devices with them. Those few drivers that don't have smartphones or tablets are the old school guys that probably don't even have flip phones. Um, And they're not going to do anything. You give them a laptop, they're not going to use it anyway. They don't want to do training on a satellite. So you're going to have to set up a a PC at the terminal for them anyway and just have them do it in the office. So um, that, I think, is the better approach is if have some machines in the office and then run it over a mobile app much nicer so
1: do you think we sound too techy
0: this is a technical podcast for anyone uh, (laughs) uh, for anyone who wasn't expecting that the preceding program contained much technical babble yes if you're not techy you should not have listened technical babble it's (laughs) going to veer into that from time to time we run a software company we're doing product development all day every day what have I been doing I've been doing a lot of sort of the regular stuff um building out a bunch of stuff on the back end um, around the the sales management process and some new stuff that I think will be going live. Won't be live just uh, when this podcast goes out, but shortly after, which is going to be a new monthly summary report for customers. So every month customers are going to get a report on their own usage, but not just here's how much they've done in modules and things like that. But we are building in calculations in terms of how much they're saving compared to other types of training some peer group reviews so they can see how busy they are compared to other uh, fleets that are of comparable size, uh, sharing best practices based on their usage, best practices that other fleets are having success with. So you can see different ways of using the, uh, the online training system and, uh, in ways that are working out for other fleets and also summarizing all of the things that we've got on the go that we don't always do a great job of sharing with everyone. So things like the monthly webinars, my LinkedIn pulse articles, This podcast will be in there, blog postings, all of the different things that we have that talk about upcoming events, new features, uh, ins and outs of how to use the system, all of that consolidated into a single monthly report, which you would think we would have built uh, years ago, but we've been busy with other things. So now it's coming, and I'm looking forward to seeing that because it's looking really nice right now. Calculating that stuff, Uh, we're pulling in the upcoming webinar schedule, pulling in the LinkedIn articles, uh, so that all be in a single place so that um, that should be really nice when it gets out there. I think that's going to be very cool. And uh, I've been very busy um, cleaning up some other things, continuing to uh, make improvements on the mobile stuff that we were talking about, some uh, reporting changes and helping out um, helping out in development, getting some of those things tested. And i got to say, um, Excel exports have been a particular misery uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, exporting different reports into excel format everybody wants to do it for whatever reason uh, it's becoming more and more tricky to do that and do it in a way that's really reliable and gives you an actual report that opens properly it opens fine on the mac Uh, it's just pc users that uh, that don't have it open properly Uh, so we've been spending a lot of time on that and uh, doing a lot of uh headaches around uh, tweaking that code to make it work smoothly and reliably and fast. So I think it's actually done now. I think as we're recording this, I think the final pieces are getting pushed live. There was testing happening this morning. So Excel exports are greatly improved. So that's, that's, yeah, that's a a nice, nice thing for the people that are using it. Um, In the meantime, while it wasn't working all that reliably, we've been doing it on behalf of customers. Anytime somebody needed something that wasn't getting, um, Printed properly uh, to Excel, we were doing that for them. So it'll be nice for Tommy to not have to uh, be running reports and printing out Excel things for everybody all the time. And other new thing that came out um, that's been a long time coming, uh, only because I was taking forever to figure out exactly how I wanted it to work. And that is custom test. So uh, yes. that is live now.
1: Yay, custom tests.
0: Yeah. So people who want to uh, create their own tests can do that directly when you upload your own content modules can add a test in there. It's very simple. Uh, you just check a box that says you want to test in there and then you can enter your own questions, true, false, multiple choice, whatever you like, set your passing score. And that becomes part of the content um, that people will go through. So uh, it's pretty nice. It's working very smoothly. John's done a great job building that part of it. Um, John is our, is one of our front end developers who, uh, who happened to be working on that, did a fine job with it. So been uh, a good summer on the development side as well and uh lots of new things happening there so what do we got
1: another thing that i forgot about is that uh, i just sent off uh hours of service for spanish translation
0: oh yes the first spanish translation uh is happening (coughs) so uh, we'll have first spanish courses in the fall so that's the um hos us only course
1: US only. and
0: then defensive driving will come in after that so that will end up being, what, four or five titles and then uh, another eight or nine titles of defensive driving mm-hmm. coming in the fall. And um, along with that, we will finally finish the uh, Punjabi HOS as well, which yes. is largely finished, just needs voiceover. So we'll have to get Ranbir going on that. Well, we
1: also have to figure out how we want to not offer different languages.
0: Yes. Well, we know how we want to do that. We just have to finish building it. Right. So.
1: So it's not much point. Me doing my stuff until you do your stuff.
0: I can do my stuff quick.
1: No, you can't.
0: Well, we'll You're see. T- <laughs> I just have to say. I just have to write up the spec and send it along. And say, here's how I want the front end to work and here's what you need to change in the back end. And the back end's already changed. We just need to implement it. So it's okay. actually built. It's just not implemented in an interface that anyone can see. So uh or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's in the interface, but there's no back end to support I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It could be like uh could be like a form, a checkbox that does nothing. So it could be one of those <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it could be an old forms editor thing.
1: Oh yeah. yes.
0: So yes, Jane and I worked at a company that uh, had a fantastic uh, product for um, uh, building and editing forms. Uh, and the forms editor product was actually built over a weekend. And many of the features in there didn't actually do anything. Some of them did something different than what they said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there then... <laughs> was
1: remember there was a manual. I don't know if you were there at that at that point but there was a manual that it was an um, email communication software. It wasn't a forms.: It, it was called forms editor. It was called forms editor. But the, what the problem was, was in the system that we had, which was in the nineties. So this was before the yeah. web. This was people Old were just dial-up. using modems and stuff like that. And you'd have the system where you could send, you could send email, you could set it up and you could send email to folders kind of like you do to a Facebook group now. Um, but we called them conferences and so people wanted to edit what the system looked like and mm-hmm. there was a way to do it
0: to create their own custom to create their views. own
1: and but what you couldn't do is you couldn't change forms so some people would wanted to change the forms that they used for mail for example so they would want to you know they wanted to customize it so that's fine so Colin who is the developer who was in charge of doing this Developed something called the forms editor so that you could edit the forms and being a developer wasn't always the greatest in at naming things so Not an it was called the forms editor and so this was going to be coming out in this big release two point I think it was 2.5 the 2.5 release and um so so Colin's working on this forms editor and I guess he did do it in about a weekend but at the same time the guy who was developing the manuals back in the time when people actually used manuals for software. He he'd written the entire manual about how to use the entire system, but the chapter on how to do use the forms editor was just missing. Mm. It was just not there. <laughs> so they had this manual printed, and it, you know, glossy cover, all of that perfectly fine manual, but people were calling. At the time, I had just started working there, and I was I was actually the receptionist. So people were calling me and saying, there's a chapter missing out of my manual. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me go and see. Because I was kind of doing reception customer service at the time. Let me go and see what's going on with that. And so I, I I asked the guy who wrote the manual, and he's like, oh, yeah, we didn't put that in there. And it was just, and this was back in like 90, maybe 93, 94. And, you know, that was kind of the beginning of my time explaining bad news to people because uh, i'm really sorry that chapter hasn't been written uh we don't you know we're, we'll are we come up with something and send it to you so yeah and that forms editor was well, brutal there ended up, ended up being a
0: separate manual for it but it was very sparse because you would go in i mean it would tell you that there's all of these different uh, options and things but the problem was those options didn't necessarily yeah. do what they were labeled for uh, sometimes they didn't do anything. Sometimes they did something totally different.
1: Do you remember the manual that didn't have the chapter? I think it was way no, before, was before your time, time yeah. because it was at a different, it was a, yeah, it was before your time. It was yeah, back in the started. days when you
0: had to ship actual product to people, yeah. I mean, I, d- I w- do remember the time when, uh, all the discs went out or CDs, I think it was it was when they were shipping the product on CD ROMs at the time, you install it from the CD. But oh, no, I remember
1: when they were installing it on a floppy Yeah, desk. this was
0: after they went to move from floppies to CDs. There was one section of the of shipment. So they would have, I don't know, they have like a hundred thousand or something like that that they had a run of. Uh, and like one block of like 2,500 of these things wasn't the actual software, it was the Eagles' greatest hits. So the people would open up their software, the first class. Uh, system implementation no, that's the heard eagles that greatest hit it was hilarious cuz i got a support call from somebody <laughs> who said yeah i got this thing and i'm trying to install it but it's not there it's an Eagle cd <laughs> so so, what? so i went to someone else in support and uh, you know i was i was a tech support grunt at the time i went to somebody else in the, in the department and they said yeah there's a bunch of them that went out that were that, that were like that so just tell them we'll ship them a new one and so <laughs> they were just shipping replacement ones. It went out from like the warehouse or something. It from had, the
1: Buffalo warehouse.
0: I don't remember which warehouse it was where it had gone from. But, it was the Buffalo uh, warehouse. But it had been packaged with like the wrong CD inside the uh, the packing and everything. So, so somebody so, who's expecting
1: the Eagles' Greatest Hits got, got software, oh, got email oh
0: software. God, software <laughs> <CDs>. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. So dear. there's probably 2,500 unhappy Eagles customers. I guess. So oh. yes. yes, software industry in the 90s.
1: It was a hit and miss time. Yes.
0: So it was, these it was, are the benchmarks that we live yeah. by. As long as we don't <laughs> put out a product that uh, uh, has a form that does the opposite of what the uh, label says, as long as we don't put out a manual or put out a course that's got a missing lesson, uh, as long as we don't ship you Eagle CDs we're doing well.
1: Unless you want Eagle CDs. Yeah. We could probably manage a couple. Yeah. If, if you really wanted one, <laughs> I suppose. We got a few over there yeah, in the we corner. Yeah, we do. There, there's uh, CDs yes, in the are, corner. But yes, these are,
0: and I should say that the, the, that product, I mean, that was a, a well-constructed product. that was generally pretty well regarded. It won a lot of awards and they were growing like mad. And so some of this is just sort of the, the natural growth of companies they added like a million users in a year or something like that back when a million users was a really large number before the uh before the web came that was a huge amount of people on dial-up so they were doing pretty well and these things are kind of normal um problems that come up so um
1: well yeah because you find it when you're dealing with technical things you don't really realize that one really small change in your technical back end can have far reaching effects effect. on all of these people. And you end up when you break something and then all of the calls start coming in, you're like, Oh crap, don't <laughs> <laughs> fix that. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know, I can't think of anything um, where that's happened with us, where
0: it has something
1: has been turned off or something has been, It just had, and it's been a really small, small change and we didn't know. And then it just had, well, there
0: was an issue, uh, there was an issue like that when we released the practical cargo securement course, which was a series of courses. And there were separate versions for van and flatbed, but we had another cargo securement course that we had been using previously. Um, that was a more generalized one that sort of applied to everybody. It was a single cargo securement course. And it wasn't as nice it, yeah it wasn't nearly as nice it was much shorter we covered the basics and that was kind of it um so when we put out practical cargo securement which was based on that awesome handbook of rolfs um we put it out there and we said okay we don't really need this whole course anymore we're going to retire this course you've got until you know the end of the week or something like that or for people to finish taking that course and then we're going to uh end of life it because uh, i didn't want to shut the course down when people are in the middle of going through it um, so I thought we'd give people until the end of the week to finish anything they're doing and then they can all move on to uh, cargo securement. So they did have notice, but man, did it uh, did it mess up some people when we pulled the plug on that. There's people that had made it part of their curriculum and they wanted it to be standard and, um, you know, standardize it so that people could, uh, everyone gets the same thing. So yeah, we heard about it. Well, the other thing was it just happened that the day that that went or the day before uh, or it happened the day before the OTA convention, um, annual convention. So we were exhibiting there and I was down at the convention. I had one of our support reps with us. So we're short staffed in the office anyway. And all of a sudden this thing is like not available, even though we notified people that it was going to be not available. Um, they don't always read the email and uh, stay up on the blog postings and things like that. So it was like, Hey, where'd the cargo security go? What are you doing? What do you do? Give us this stuff. We don't want this. Give us the old thing back. So Yes, I had to, uh, uh, after having my full meal of crow, <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to turn the thing back on. And, and for existing customers that have that course and still want it, it's now still in the library, but no new customers get it. So yeah, I
1: remember another one where they, we created the U.S. version of the demo. I remember that. And then all the courses that were in the demo account. So people people go in and, and request a demo or or yeah. sign up for a demo and they go through the demo site, had all Canadian courses in it. Oh. And it was like that for two weeks or something like that. Oh, the
0: demo was creating them in the wrong place. Yeah. That's what was happening. And that
1: was a really small thing where yeah. we just had the wrong training plan assigned to it. Uh, and no, but it was for creating us, them in the
0: wrong environment ID.
1: Yeah, but it's a really small change it's a it really a, easy fix
0: it was a very easy fix but yes there was a lot of yelling we had and no... it wasn't jane doing the yelling that time <laughs> yes you were <laughs> yelling i was yell. i was very unhappy so yes i was cursing everybody for that yeah but, but yeah what my
1: point is that little small small things
0: sometimes small things really yeah, things can that create can seem
1: like a huge it seems huge but yeah. you know it's a really tiny thing that needs to be changed
0: yeah yeah, and so you live and learn from these things. So you know, we took the uh, the lessons learned at these other companies and yeah. all of the things they did that blew up in their faces, and we've tried uh, not to reproduce to not those do it. Yeah. So we found a whole new bunch of things to uh, bugger up and to <laughs> blow up, but we learned from those as well.
1: Okay. Well, so the last thing that I wanted to mention in terms of learning. Key learnings. Key learnings. Get your proper consulting speak on. Oh my God, key learnings. have our consulting
0: background. Got to have the key learnings in the project shutdown debrief.
1: (laughs) Now you're making me not know what I'm saying anymore. (laughs) I'm stupider just listening to you say that.
0: That's your key learning.
1: That's my key learning. Listening to
0: consultant speak makes you stupid. Yes,
1: it does. Um, Is the, um, our thoughts on open door policy and the locked doors. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Remember
1: that? So we're in this, uh, this is, Mark and I have been working together since about 95. And we started working at this company, this uh, little software company in Canada. And uh, that eventually got bought by, so it's kind of no longer in existence. But at the time, I had started working there the, a couple of years before that, and I had started as the receptionist, and I kind of moved my way up into customer service. And then I became uh, the, training, uh, the training person. And uh, and so we had moved from this little office, this little sort of single floor industrial unit where we just had all kinds of bizarre furniture and it was all, it was really startup mode. I mean, the wires hanging from the ceiling and people just did whatever job you could and, and we were mailing things out by ourselves and it was me and 12 guys. And so there was that. And it was a it was a very very informal place. They'd order pizza on Friday, and everybody would sort of go to this common area where they also shipped out demo discs and would eat pizza. And then we moved into when because the company was getting really successful, as Mark said, they had had you know, they had really big growth. So we moved to this place in Markham, which is north of Toronto, and it was on the eighth and ninth floor was our office space. And the eighth floor was really nice. We had these two, um, it was like two hall. You had the, the reception area in the center and then two hallways, which you went through, you got to the hallways through these glass doors. And if you went to the right, you went to the customer service, tech support, um, QA uh, sales area. And if you went to the left, you went to the development area. So the developers, And the server, the server room was there, too, so there's a big, huge server room. So the developers, there was like five or six developers, and they were all in their little section, and there was a boardroom in the middle. And at, at the beginning, when we first got there, it was fine. Like, everybody sort of went to wherever, and everybody went to each other's desks when we had problems. And what would happen is the tech support guys would go to the development guys when they had questions. And I'm saying guys, because it was mostly guys. There's very few women working there. So if Mark as a tech support guy, had a question about how something worked or if something was a bug or not a bug or by design, he would go off to a developer and ask the developer. Well, the developers, who also the, the three main developers were the guys who own the company, decided that they were getting annoyed by being bothered so often. So they decided that they were going to lock the door. They did not tell anybody. They just decided that the door would be locked. And then one day, I don't know, I guess someone from tech support decided to go in there and they realized that it was locked. Yeah. And so- every- Well,
0: it wasn't door locked, but it was key card entry. And so they had locked the door and given new key cards to all the developers so that they could get in and no one else.
1: And no one else was told.
0: Yeah, no. So it wasn't
1: announced. Yeah, we were just told.
0: Even though their main business was communication software, and they used that software as a central repository for messaging and communications within the company, no announcement, no posting about it. Just one day, the door is locked.
1: And and everybody was kind of stunned. So every time I hear, you know, we have an open door policy during Best Fleets. I think of those locked doors. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I, I'm hoping you have an open door policy because if you have locked door policy, then uh, people get really upset. And we did. I remember everybody was freaking out because how are the tech support people going to get any information? How are they going to go talk to them? Why weren't we told what was going on? And oh, there was, it was a big stink. And they had to open the doors after that. But I think, I don't remember what they did, but they had some other... Well,
0: they actually did what they should have done in the beginning, which was to create some policies and create a process around this. So they need their developers to be able to focus on writing the code. And you can't do that if you're being badgered incessantly and constantly bothered by people. Uh, But at the same time, tech support people need to be getting questions answered and things like that as well. So then the process became go and talk to the QA people first and there would be sort of a, um, a centralized escalation process. So if there's things that can't be resolved, then there's like a, a daily meeting or a weekly meeting or something like that to review any outstanding issues that can't be addressed. So it's more um, organized and formalized a little bit, but at the same time, uh, still works for everybody. So that was a, a really good uh, learning experience for us. Yeah, I mean, my background in tech support, I learned very early on that if customers are coming to you with questions, if there's problems and customers are uh, either misunderstanding how something works, or they can't figure it out, or it just doesn't work the way they want to, all of those are product development issues. Those are not, tech support isn't its own thing that exists in a vacuum. It is basically an evaluation of how well the product developers have built that product. So... That's part of the reason that all of our developers get stuck doing tech support as part of their onboarding and as a regular thing, they will backfill tech support when we need extra help there because anytime somebody has got an issue, it's really a product issue. There's no such thing as a tech support issue on its own. Those are just product failures or product gaps that have to be dealt with. So we want to address those and get them closed. So, uh, yeah, different things that you, uh, can learn and, uh, take advantage of when other people, uh uh make silly mistakes where aren't really thinking uh but uh yeah it did not work very well so
1: no yeah, and i think that a lot of our our background in working for startups and working for a consulting firm both of us worked briefly for PricewaterhouseCoopers coopers and we ended up going into all of these different companies and learning their organizational setup and what the and it was to do with training. So we ended up training will uncover any kind of organizational problem you have really, really quickly. As soon as you try and write about a product, as soon as you try and describe a process and that process falls, it, you know, gets confusing or falls down at some point, it's an organizational difficulty. So we learned a lot over the last 20 years. The mm-hmm. 20 is, it 20? is it more. It's
0: been about 20 years yeah. or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, all it a makes bit me of a, tired. <laughs> it's all a little bit of a fog when you think about it, yes.
1: Until something like hits you and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. having a problem with that.
0: I had totally forgotten about the Eagle CDs until you started. I had
1: never heard yeah, of the Yeah, Until
0: you've brought up the old I'm missing really, chapter thing.
1: I'm surprised that I never heard of the missing huh. the missing well, I CDs. Think it was
0: actually it was not it was later on in their development process and you may have sort of mentally checked out by that point. Um, it was a fairly later on kind of thing.
1: Oh, okay. I may have been about to leave.
0: Yeah. You may have been on your way out by then. So, yes. So, well, that's the the history of our experiences in the, uh, that's not even the whole history. Yeah. That is one chapter from the ongoing saga. So what do we got coming up in the next little while? Um, the adventure that is the fall is about to begin again.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Best fleets. Yes. The the uh, crazy town that is annual best insanity that is best place yeah. to drive for
0: is about to start up, so it'll be launched by the time this goes live. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this going to be the ninth uh, edition? I believe I counted up because last I year was the eighth remember. time doing it. Okay, so this is, then
1: this is the ninth. Well, by done. my math, if well. <laughs> last year
0: was eight, then I, I have done the work here. Next year will be nine. So this will be the ninth year. Yes.
1: Excellent job, excellent job, Mr. Morrell.
0: Yes. So. so
1: you don't really have to do anything well we're updating the questions
0: yeah we've gone through our regular process of sort of reviewing the questions which we did yesterday um finding a couple of things to delete um or questions to stop asking um there are always a bunch that we want to add and not very many we want to remove so it ends up getting longer and longer every year but we also have to keep it interesting because we know there's people that come back year after year and they're just going to copy their answers in so we got to have a few things that are brand new that they have to work well, on.
1: Well, yeah, because you got to push the industry forward, exactly. so you got to have new questions. So Yeah,
0: and we keep, we keep coming forward, up with man. ideas, and people keep suggesting things, and uh, so um, maybe on the next podcast, we'll dig into that a little bit more, what's happening in the world of Best Fleets. And Aren't we doing, doing a webinar? Yeah. So, we'll do a
1: webinar as well.
0: Yeah, so it'll okay. be an easy podcast, because we will have done the work already.
1: Yeah. So we can do that too.
0: Yeah. But the the webinar, that's the webinar you're doing with TCA and that's when.
1: No, no, I'm not doing a webinar with TCA on best Fleets. Oh, I'm doing a diversity.
0: webinar. Ah, see how busy we are. We got so many things happening. We don't even know. What
1: web Webinar. Is so, there a webinar?
0: Oh, you're talking about a best fleets webinar, which we will likely do. Yes. We no, will I do. I thought
1: we were going to do a webinar.
0: A how to fill out your survey. Yeah. Yes. We'll or do tips that again.
1: For not a how to fill out your survey. Yes. What things for... to
0: please don't say. Please don't tell us about or things that we don't need to hear because everybody says the same thing or whatever. Well, it's also like
1: make sure that I think that what we've done over the years is tried to really figure out what the key words are for people so that like the whole pay thing and that people were saying, oh, but we do have guaranteed pay, but they didn't say it, but they had a form of it. So now we're going to be more explicit in asking about it. So yes. So we do a lot of clarification. And we will
0: once again do a, a webinar. That's particularly useful for people that are first timers to understand the process and what they can expect. And some of the Just questions. Just listen to
1: how brilliant we are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got I'll a like webinar. It. So we have an unscheduled webinar that we'll do sometime in October, probably, <laughs> for Best Fleets participants. <laughs> we have a regularly scheduled wo- webinar that we do every September. Every month anyway, and the September issue is, or September edition of that webinar is going to be new product features and things, so uh, talking about some of the things that we covered today, but a little bit more detail. Uh, we also have, you've got your TCA webinar that you're doing, it's on diversity.
1: Diversifying the workforce, yes. and it's ethnic diversity, not women. Not
0: just hiring veterans not and women, hi- yeah. which is not really diversity. Um, hiring white women is not diverse. I hiring white veterans if you
1: have an entire industry that's mostly men then having women in there is is partially diversity i would disagree with you i think that
0: that's setting the bar way too low
1: um i think it's also kind of baby steps because you know introducing women into the industry is a no-brainer because there's so many people who are women who are like you have 50% of the population in general and then five percent are in trucking so there's a whole big well there like that's that's an easy one that's Mm -hmm. not that's not going to be too difficult and so many people are doing such an amazing job of, of talking about it and moving the industry forward in that way um but what i'm talking about is how to also do it with ethnic diversity so hispanics um
0: that's it just Hispanics? Just
1: Hispanics.
0: <laughs> so it's hiring Hispanics.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not it. So Hispanics, African-Americans, um, other... South Asians. So, that's it. That's what I want to say. So let cut. Start again. Hispanics, African-Americans, South Asians. That... I'm not
0: cutting this part out. I'm going to put the whole thing in there.
1: <laughs> I have mind blocks. I mean, when I'm writing, I can just write smoothly and, you know, excessively. And then I can edit. but. When I talk, you if don't it's unrehearsed, talk so good. I don't talk so good. Yeah. Or I have so much going on in my brain that I forget a word.
0: <sighs> so you got a diversity workshop coming up. I do. Okay. And do. you're also doing a presentation at, what is that, the Northbridge Customer Appreciation Day? I
1: am. I'm talking about what drivers want, which is uh, basically it's what I've done is is scraped the what do we like best and what do we not or what would we most like to improve out of the driver surveys and and sort of getting a sense of what those things are and i can talk about that in the next podcast because i will have talked about it at the northbridge appreciation event there we go
0: go. so that's coming up and what else have we got we have at the end of september we'll be at the fleet safety council conference at
1: the end of september
0: it is. Sadly, that's only about a little oh, over a month Oh, because then we away. have to like leave and then go straight to a the, wedding. The crazy weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, our, our weekend of insanity. So I've been moaning about this to every person who will listen and to the podcast audience, you're no different. So this is my griping about my hard life. Friday, September 30th, Fleet Safety Council in Toronto. Then we have to fly out to Halifax, which is on the, uh, the Atlantic coast of Canada, because a friend of mine is getting married there. I missed his first wedding, uh, so I'm not missing the second one because uh, I actually like his his woman this time. Um, his woman, his woman, fiance. Well, his, his fiance. Yeah. yeah, Don't cut that. His way. wife, his better half. Yeah, they're very good together. So I'm very happy there, and I want to go to that wedding. However, um, that Saturday, October first, which also happens to be the first day uh, the first of MC&E. Day MC&E, which means that after that wedding. I have to behave myself because at 5:20 Atlantic time, uh, which is an hour ahead of Eastern time, I have to get on a plane, fly back to Toronto, and then get on another plane, fly to Vegas for the MCNE, where we will be there exhibiting. We're there for the whole day, and even if that's not a busy enough day or busy enough weekend on its own, we've got the Sunday evening activities and the Sunday night Technology Innovators reception that we are one of the sponsors of which starts at 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time and goes through midnight. So at midnight Pacific time, when that reception ends up, which will be 3 a.m. Eastern, at that point I will have been, a, uh, will have been up for nearly 24 hours Okay, straight.
1: you're going to go and have a nap.
0: I will try. Or you're going to sleep on the but plane. But I do so well without any sleep. I'm not crabby at all. <sighs> See, aren't you happy you're not going to be there? I'm leaving Jane in Toronto. She's, uh, <laughs> she's not I'm interested. I'm happy
1: to be in Toronto. Yes. Yeah, so, but we so, can't both leave.
0: So, yeah. So that uh, that's going to be a bit of a drag in terms of travel, but uh, we're very much looking forward to MCAD. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very cool. It's our first time actually exhibiting there. And I keep on
1: saying, good. I keep on saying that I have to FaceTime you, and then you have yes. to carry around an iPad with yes. my with my head on it. So
0: a number of people already have expressed dissatisfaction that Jane's not going to be there. So yes, yeah, so we're going to have an iPad with uh, her FaceTiming on it, so somebody can carry it around, and uh, yeah. Debbie said. Debbie Sparks from TCA Sparks said saying. that she would walk around with it. She thought that that would be a, a treat. Yes. She put it in her purse. Yeah, wait till she does something you're unhappy with and see if she thinks that it's, it's a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> so, got a lot of things coming up in the next little bit. Um, so, the fall is always a busy time with all the best fleets things that are happening in there, continued new course stuff. We'll have our uh, Spanish courses, more Punjabi, lots more uh, features coming on the back end on the learning management system. And a whole pile of things that I'm forgetting as well.
1: Well, we have time.
0: Oh, and the most important thing happening, Jane hits the big five-zero.
1: Why did you say that?
0: It's big news. It's not. It's industry news. I'm going to have Susan put out a press release. Industry leader. What was it called? Industry official. Something industry like official. Yeah. Tracking industry official or something. <laughs> what was that story? Where was that? It was some... Uh,
1: it was an American. It was a U.S. magazine. Um, yeah, some
0: magazine did a write-up on one of our... One of Jane's presentations on, the, presentation diversity on presentation, the diversity panel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Jane did a diversity <coughs> um, presentation at the TCA's Workforce, Workforce Builders. Builders in June, which is what started all of these things on diversity. Uh, and uh, our awesome uh, PR person, Launch at PR, uh, put out a story based on that same data. And it got picked up by a couple of uh, the media. Well, that's a bunch of them, actually. Mm-hmm. had really good pickups on that one. But uh, at least one of them referred to Jane as a trucking industry official, which she took issue with.
1: Well, I'm uh, not an official.
0: Well, you are official now when somebody calls I you. Yes, I,
1: I guess yeah. All it has we to happen? We should get you like
0: a, a proper shirt with some medals on it or something, or, you it's know, like the row of or like what yeah,
1: what uh, military people have those, yeah.
0: that row of and a, and a name tag, like one of those um, brass name tag things that people have that makes them look
1: important. Or you could have one of those like a name tag for a conference, but just underneath it'll say industry official, <laughs>
0: trucking industry official,
1: trucking industry official, yes. and then everybody can look at it and go. What?
0: No, everybody what are you? will, everybody will start of... asking you questions. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing about this? When's that ELD mandate coming in?
1: Oh, God. What's yeah. happening with speed
0: limiters? Exactly. Yeah. That's
1: what an industry official is, not yeah. me. You'll
0: have better answers than they do.
1: It would be, go and ask your... <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll be some version of get stuffed. <laughs> All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you. Wrap it up
1: now. Thank you.
0: Thank you and enjoy your day. Thank you for participating in the Carrier's Edge podcast. Uh You will be billed at the end of this session. (laughs) Please exit through the gift shop. (laughs)